We both have so much in common. We both love soup, and uh, we love the outdoors. Uh, we love snow peas and uh, talking and not talking. We could not talk or talk forever and still find things to not talk about. It's a gal who I cannot talk or talk to forever and still find things to not talk about. It's Katrina Porter. Hi, Anna Serene. You are my favorite person to talk to or not talk to and still find things to not talk about. It's, well, it's a little unfair because we talk (laughs) telepathically. Which is like not talking, (laughs) but talking. Welcome to Split Happens, everyone else. Welcome, everybody. (laughs) Each week. Katrina and I discuss a movie both of us love. However, only one of us gets to say anything good about the movie. They're the pro of the episode, which means the other is the con and must attack it. Our one rule is the con only has to attack during the synopsis. And if they say anything at all good about the movie during that time, they're going to incur a penalty. And then we'll have to give some love to a movie that they hate, which the pro gets to decide. So this week, if I, as the pro, catch a rule break from Katrina... We're going to hear this sound. I'm in a glass case of emotion. I'm, I'm very Let me guess. You're excited. You're excited about doing this one. I am. Let me guess. Because it's awesome. You're so excited because you got to be the pro. (laughs) Whoopity-doo. This is exciting to me. Oh, oh. Oh, you are? You seem like you're not super thrilled. About being the con on one of my favorite movies of all time? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm not. Well, I had to have 37. I had to have 33, my lucky number, shots of tequila to even get up here. I like that it was an exaggeration and you still corrected it just so that you could have 33. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's my number and Scotty Pippins. What, what? But also, I had one shot of tequila. But still. Patrick Wall. Oh, it's it's okay. I'm okay with him coaching somewhere else. It's okay. I want to know what you're going to do today. I, because I have to, am going to strut my takes around this episode while neurotically screaming about a stuffed squeaky toy. While also wearing a kimono from L.L. Bean. Oh, <laughs> oh there it is. With the barking and the L.L. Bean and the busy bee toy. Neuroses. Yes. It, that obviously means that we are going to be going over 2000's Best in Show. God loves a terrier. Yes, he does. God loves a terrier. That's because small, sturdy, bright, and true. They give their love to you. God didn't miss a stitch. I'm not going to use the term mockumentary in this because Christopher Guest hates it. Yeah, I can see that. He feels like they're not mocking it. 
they're not mocking a documentary. It's a fake documentary. Okay, so a fakeumentary? <laughs> is that allowed? <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he is so funny. He's just such a funny person. But, but calm down, sea guy. I gotta be honest, in interviews and stuff, he seems like a little bit of a sourpuss. I think people that are that funny, though, yeah, I think it's probably hard for them. To, it's almost like a spectrum thing. I I think some people like him where it's just there's they're so witty. I think it's almost hard to interact with people asking the same. Qu- it's got to feel yeah. very tedious for someone who thinks on their feet all the time to be asked the same question over and over again. Yes. He does. He, he does seem. He does. He seems a little sh- short sometimes with people, or just he, like just that he doesn't suffer fools very I easily. Am obsessed with him as long as he doesn't go into the Chevy Chase territory where Ew. you're just a prick God. to everybody around you, regardless if you're a comedic genius. I have watched a million interviews with Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm. She has said nothing but glowing things about him how he's helped her with her sobriety her husband right but like and they've been married forever mm-hmm. and talk about someone who doesn't suffer fools that's Jamie? yeah jlc so i don't see her putting up with a sourpuss i love her yeah i love her yeah i want to become friends with her i'm kind of friends with her yeah i mean yes I mean, I... By proxy? By proxy, because I do tweet at Patricia Cornwell, one of my favorite authors, Mm -hmm. and she's liked... I mean, not to brag, but she's liked a tweet or two of mine. Okay. She actually likes so many tweets. Doesn't matter. You don't have to qualify it. But she's good friends with Jamie Lee Curtis. JLZ? Yes. So it's kind of like we're friends. You know who else Patricia Cornwell seems to be really good friends with? Who? Which I... I don't know the connection, but I love it. Tell me. Dan Aykroyd. No shit. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Which tells me he can't be garbage either. I feel like it would be very easy to become friends with him. I could just start talking about aliens. Yeah, I could do that. And he, it's, he'd be like, right? Do you know there's this whole new thing right now about the government covering up a, an alien thing that's like supposed to be legit? You know I'm not an Illuminati nutty. I cannot with this. I have had countless discussions with my husband. Oh, I mean, it is interesting. Sure. If I would have known that, I would have brought that up to him. Now you can. Okay. During your coffee talk. (laughs) Coffee talk. (laughs) I, as far as trivia goes, I do have a few things throughout as far as the success of it, yeah, the budget was ten mil. I mean, that's respectable. Poop for, bags, yeah, mostly. Um, it, but it grossed twenty mil. So, whoa, it, yeah. I mean, oh, I don't know how much went into promotion and distribution, all that. I, I feel I, like this kind of movie that makes ten million dollars is a success. I think, but. This is another time where we just have a lack of understanding of. But this gained. I mean that that would have been in the theater because this is like post this VHS. Is World, this is everything theater. Yeah, this is worldwide. Wide, wide. So, and this movie, I can tell you, has a huge cult following. Definitely. 
this launched, I don't want to say launched, that's not quite fair. This was a catapulting movie for several of the actors. Because this had been early for Jane Lynch. Yes. Yeah. And I'll get into her for sure. She is one of them. 2000 was early for a number of characters, a number of these actors, but one of them is just the collaboration of Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. They had already done things together right. on SCTV. They've been they've been acting together for 50 years. Yeah. I mean, they won an Emmy together. She did for sure, but I think they did together for something related to SCTV. For as writers, yeah, not for as actors. writers, mm-hmm. yeah, that was in the seventies. So they've been, they've been together, acting in the same vicinity for quite some time. But as far as coupling up, this was their first. Oh, so this was okay. So interesting. Or so this this kind of this really started that off mm-hmm. because of the Christopher Guest documentaries i would say universe universe oh, oh i love that better the guest universe mm-hmm. the guest diverse sea guy i like it mm-hmm. they that's how that kind of started and they we would not have a schitt's creek without we might have had a schitt's creek just definitely not with Catherine O'Hara. she you know she said no right well dan levy has been very open that he grew up with her like it was a no-brainer for him that, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I did go see the Schitt's Creek cast. Toot toot. In Denver. Did they, did she say that she said no? Yes. And, yeah. I mean. But Dan Levy was like, no isn't an option for you. Like, and she was like, I can't say no to him. Like, I can't really. And then here we are. I mean, that what a fucking phenomenal TV series. They dated. Did it, did they talk about that at all in the show? I that Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hare dated? They sure did. Very early on. It must have been because they both have been married to their people forever. Correct. Huh. They dated early on and they've both stated how fortunate it is that they didn't continue that on because they never would have. Yeah. They probably wouldn't have continued on that. This this was exactly how it was supposed to be. Yeah. He, he, we don't have Splash on our list. No. That has Eugene Levy. Yeah, we can do that. Both of them had a not super huge careers or anything in the in the eighties. I mean, he was in Splash. Eugene Levy was. When was Beetlejuice? Home Alone is what oh. is what did Catherine O'Hara? Uh, yes, that's what that really helped her a ton. Kevin <laughs> and Eugene Levy was not doing great at, during that time. Oh. He hadn't gotten the American Pie, you know, set up yet. Which has Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, that's right. As Stifler's mom. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. There's a lot of crossovers with uh-huh. all of these actors. Uh, I do have a few things to say here and there. I guess I can tell you how this kind of came to be mm-hmm. before. Uh, Christopher Guest and his wife, JLC, as we were talking about, they had two dogs. And they would make trips to their bark park a lot. And they would see, Christopher Guest had said that they would see people with purebreds there, but he, their dog was not. (laughs) 
Your dog was was kind of a mutt. And he thought it was just so interesting that it was, I think it was a little bit snobby in, in that, in that people wrap up so much about their purebred dogs. They really, really get into it. And I think he just thought that might be an interesting idea to, to explore with that. And he ended up talking with Eugene Levy, I think at that point. And the two of them, it seems like they really wrote. And when I say wrote, <laughs> um, so much of this movie I know is improv. I believe there's only 16 pages of actual written dialogue. Yeah. So they had a basic skeleton of a script and yeah. said, these are your characters. This is what is going going to happen. How you get from point A to point B is up to you. Yeah. So yeah, there is quite a lot of improving. Some of them are better than others because just because they're used to it. A lot of them are comfortable with each other. Fred Willard. I can tell you they had, uh, I've heard between 50 and 60 hours of recorded stuff that they had to narrow down to an hour and a half. That's quite a chore. The, who is going to cause my button push is, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's it, going to be somebody. It's going to be someone. This because is going to be real tough with you. This is this is unequivocally one of my favorite movies of all time. I love this is a, a movie that makes me if I'm feeling down, I watch this movie. If I need something in the background, I watch this movie. <laughs> I love this movie. How I ended up the pro, it was just a scheduling. I don't want to say mishap, that's not quite right. We just we had to switch some things around. I feel like there was some tomfoolery. You, and some Tom Trickery. You told me to do this one. And some Barb Bobbery. It's called Tequila. Oh. <laughs> yes, I think there's going to be. So I'm just going to say right now, and especially going back and listening to some of our earlier episodes of the year, kind of getting ready for mm-hmm. our annual clip show. Proceed. I may have... I may have done some button pushes that were not legitimate button pushes. And most recently, Keith agreed with me that we should n- I should not have gotten a button push for calling Ingenue. Amelie and Ingenue. I agree as well. Yeah. I was stuck in the moment. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Stick it up your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> so I am going to be – button pushes for this are going to be – you know, incontrovertible. It, it, this will be. It, it. Well, I have a feeling I'm going to make it pretty fucking easy for you because this movie's perfect. <sighs> Are you done saying that? Yeah, just go play the fucking song. Just get put get me out of put me out of my put me down. <laughs> you got it. Woof. <laughs> Let the games begin. Our movie begins. No. You have no idea what I'm going to say. Does it? The movie you, does begin. Are you going to say that it? the movie says it has violence in it? How dare they? This movie has violence. What? A dog leaps up at a, a woman, almost bites her. And there's some threatening violence. Uh-uh. I will gouge your eye out. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, the font is aggressive. When it says best in show, it's yeah. like... Rrr. They want you to know it's best 
in this show. Wow. This is what I have. Holy shit. Well, I want you to know right away what I have. I thought you were going to say something about Castle Rock Entertainment or something. No, fuck off. I don't have anything on that, so. Isn't Castle Rock related to Stephen King? I assume. It must be. Yes, yeah, so there's nice a lighthouse. Try. You're going to try to get me to say something about that? One of my favorite authors of all time? I thought that's where you were going with this. No. I went dumber. Man, you're really throwing me off my rhythm. <laughs> Once we get into the actual movie. Mm-hmm. Pass the aggressive font. Says you. Our movie begins in a psychiatrist's office with a couple. <laughs> this couple, they are discussing some difficult topics with their doctor. But this is therapy for dogs? What? This therapist has the bedside manner of a serial killer. (laughs) He is a pet psychiatrist. Uh I think. You know, with this couple, it could have just been this couple brought in their dog. That's what I think it is. And he should have said N-O. No. (laughs) USA. Because this couple is a lot. They are quite a lot. I do believe when she described the Congress of the Cow position, she described doggy style. <laughs> Just my fucking died when she said the problem with their dog that they have is it's depressed because the dog witnessed them having sex and, and she was in a very difficult position emotionally. Right. But she's like, I was in the Congress of the Cow and I got down on all 40. That's doggy style. I don't know. I, I, you I, don't know. Sorry. I, I don't hoe on the weekends. So hoe every day. <laughs> I'm this, a lady on the streets and the freak in the bed. Listen, what the fuck did they think would happen when they do that in front of a dog? I want to know why you took out the rhyme with that. Cause I'm white. A lady in the streets, but a freak, freak in the bed, freak in the sheets. Oh, Oh, my God. Ludacris would like you to apologize. In his song, it's a lady in the street and the freak in the bed. Probably because he rhymes with something else. Well, again, pigmentally challenged. Oh, okay. Okay. I have a question for you. What the fuck do they think would happen when they do that in front of a dog? That dog is just going to feel like they're just rubbing it in her face that she isn't getting S-E-X. I don't know what that dog's getting. This couple is played by Parker Posey and Michael Hitchcock. Parker Posey had not been in a ton. She would have already done Dazed and Confused for sure. Definitely, because it wasn't her first movie, but that was her first big movie. That was 1993. I wonder when You've Got Mail was. That would have been either a year or two after that. She had done this, uh, Waiting for Guffman would have come... Before this, obviously, she had, she, I can't remember if it was like 30 something in, indie movies in the 90s. She, she did a lot of work to her detriment. I think she had a difficult time getting cast in bigger movies because she was like an indie girl. But I think she's brilliant. I think she's brilliant in everything. I loved her. She was so good as the bitch in Dazed and Confused that I just assumed that's how she was. She was great in Dazed and Confused and Waiting to Guffman. Fry like bacon, freshman piggies. Fry, piggies, fry! (laughs) (laughs) This married couple, they felt like they're both 
lawyers and yuppies, they got, they, their backstory that they created for themselves is that they got their dog by seeing a catalog ad for this perfect couple. And they, the couple in the ad had a Weimariner and they're like, well, we thought that looks good. So that's what we should have. And I think they picked that specific dog because they originally had a pointer and then they switched dogs to this because she had said, Parker Posey had said, it just felt like Weimaraners just look so delusional and lost. They're just kind of, yeah, nothing against, we don't have anything against dogs. I'm just doing quotes. Mm -hmm. I know that he said that he wanted his hair cut to be like Chandler Bing, because it was right in the middle of Friends, and that would have been really popular. That's what he would have wanted. And when you look at his picture, he absolutely does. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah, well, I mean, this was before he died, though. Mm. I know that Christopher Guest wanted them to get braces. They wanted both of the couples to have braces, and she didn't like wearing the retainers and stuff like that. She's like, fuck it, I'm just going to get real braces. So that she did. Oh, my so God. She, yeah, so she aggressive. Got real, she got real braces. His were fake. But he said it was really difficult to talk with it. Cut to a quaint little town where there is a small dog show competition going on. I believe it might be in Florida. And this is where we meet Cookie and Jerry Fleck with their dog, Winky. And they are played by Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy. The naming of the dogs is kind of odd. I know you you did you paused or you looked up the names of the dogs or it was so, we'll get it, to that it was very very straight okay then yeah. i'll come back to what they actually named their dog because winky is a nickname that's how these dogs a lot of these ch- like champion dog showing dogs they have crazy fucking names they're like horses they but there's a lady in this scene who went to the scarlett johansson school of affect i woke up i was so glad <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> she has no affect whatsoever. She was a riot. I thought that was really funny. People seem to really enjoy the two left feet gag. Apparently, that's was like a big laugh with a number of people, and it's memorable. It's just not my favorite gag. I'm pretty sure at least one person in this movie is a dog fucker. We are four square against that. We are. We are. You wrote that in your notes, didn't you? Wow. Well, <laughs> do we need to have a reminder? There were four square kids bestiality? Yes. Sure. I'll mention it every once in a while because I have very little. I kind of like the running gag about Cookie having a bit of a sordid past. <laughs> you do? Because I do not. I do. I do. I mean, it's it's uncomfortable and it's difficult and you feel bad for Jerry. However... I don't think she'd ever dated anybody nice. And I think that's why she's with Jerry. She was with all of these men. It was like she had a lot of sexual encounters, but she chose Jerry. You're trying to make this real sweet. And I love Catherine O'Hara in general. In general. But her character in this movie throws her past paramours in Jerry's face, which he clearly hates. Well, Catherine O'Hara, speaking as Cookie, she talked about her character's uh, murky past. And she says, I used to have a different life before Jerry, she says. 
He's the only man that's ever been nice to me. I was with a lot of nasty men before, but I'm trying to forget all that. Jerry's good and clean and kind. We love Winky, and I just want that life I have now. Then why does she continuously flirt with the people that are her exes if she's so happy with this life that she's in? She's not seeking out any of that. They just come to her. I know, but when she's interacting with them, she's very flirtatious. She's like, oh, yeah, you never forget your first. I mean, throughout, she's like... She really kind of plays it up, and we'll get to it in a she minute. Own, she owns her sexuality. She can own her sexuality with with Jerry. I think it's okay. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to be like flirty with your exes in front of your current person. Well, if your current person were more comfortable, then I mean, but he is uncomfortable. So, I'll, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and concede this. Thank you. Have we reached the? A scene where Scott sexually harasses the butcher? Not yet. (laughs) First, we see Christopher, fucking guest, playing Harlan Pepper. Do you know much about Christopher Guest? I do actually know a bit about Christopher Guest. Fascinating. Because I'm, in a very healthy way, obsessed with Jamie Lee Curtis. What do you know? So, by proxy. What do you know about him? Tell me your stuff. Okay. I, of course... Princess Bride is one of my favorite movies. He's so. wonderful. I always thought he's he did a really, really wonderful British accent as like an American. I thought that was really <laughs> incredible. Seriously. Uh-huh. Yeah. But there's a reason. His <laughs> father is Peter Hayden Guest, a British United Nations diplomat who later became the fourth Baron Hayden Guest. It, it sounds like it's kind of a, he's kind of a big deal there. I mean, he's, he's, he is addressed as, oh, when using his title, he is normally styled as Lord Hayden Guest. Okay. He, yeah, he holds hereditary British peerage. So he has a, you know, British background. Maybe that's why he seems a little uptight and stuff in interviews. Could be. No, I'm not saying British people are uptight. I'm saying he, okay, this is old money. Yeah. So maybe that's it. Maybe. I think he's fascinating. But he's been working since the 70s. He's been working for a long-ass time. Up next, unless you want to talk to me more about him. No. Uh-uh. Up next, I assumed would be your favorite couple, Scott and Stefan, played by John Michael Higgins and Michael McKeon. This is the scene where Scott sexually harasses the butcher. He's not sexually harassing him. Kind of, I mean... If the butcher was a woman and Scott was a straight guy, how would we look at it? He's being jokey. Let me hold that salami. (laughs) What's really interesting about this couple is I think originally or initially they, I can't remember if it was Christopher Guest or if it was Michael McKeon or one of them were were hesitant to, to have this couple dynamic that they have because usually in comedy couples need to have some kind of conflict or something kind of something about them that isn't quite working or like some but this is a happy couple they really are and that's not typical john michael higgins has said that he was playing a lot of gay characters at the time these are both heterosexual men why didn't they have a gay person play it that's a calm at that time it just was not very common he says that if this were made now, 
he wouldn't and shouldn't be cast in that role. That role should be going to somebody who is probably, I mean, probably should be going to somebody who is actually gay. It's not unusual for gay men to play straight men in, in roles and straight men to play gay men in roles, you know. Well, I'm saying it's a con. You can say that. That's fine. I, I You get to take whatever you can get. I, right. But they are, but he is very, very funny. This was definitely early, early, early in his career. Did you catch the real name of their Shih Tzus? Yes. Oh, well, kind of. Did you? I didn't write him down, though. Yeah. The real name of the Shih Tzus are Rapture's Classic and Shimaroon's Red Hot Kisses. <laughs> but before each name, it says C-A-N period and then C-H. Yes. Do you know how fucking long it took me to figure out what the hell that meant? I'm not going to tell you how long it took me because it didn't take me long. You bitch. I'm sorry. It's the country they're from. Yes, Canada. And that they're champions. Yes. That took me forever. It was on Wikipedia. What? In in the Best in Show Wikipedia notes. Well, I wasn't going in there because <laughs> I wasn't supposed to take a peekaloo. I know, I know. That's why it was so much faster for me. <sighs> <laughs> well, I think those names are ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And it's like, like I said, horses earlier, like jock, you know, show horses they have these crazy, crazy names. Even if you take the C-A-N period C-H out, their names are still Rapture's Classic and right. Shimmeroon's Red Hot Kisses. Correct. That's that They give them those names for show dogs, but then they call them something else. There's always something else that they call them. In this movie, it's Agnes and... Uh, Terry or... Yeah, I think that's right. Something Miss Agnes like that, because they call them. Yes, like, I know they got Agnes, they named her that because of Agnes Moorhead from Bewitched. My Shih Tzu's name is Leia, Mm -hmm. and her fancy name is, what the fuck are you doing, Leia? (laughs) And she's named after Princess Leia. I can tell you that Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy gave Winky a full name. Oh, really? Yeah, a full, like, actual registered name is Champion. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Neil Sedaka. <laughs> That's their dog's name. That's Winky's name. Is that one of her exes? Neil Sedaka? I know. Probably. Neil Probably. All right. Probably. Bow wow! Get the fuck out of here with this <laughs> I can't. I, it is odd. The story of how the preppy couple met foretells the end of our society. I said it. Wow. Yep. Why do you feel that? I went to a Starbucks and he went to a Starbucks and we just noticed each other across the Starbucks and I was ordering a blah, 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 blah. And then we both had our LLB catalog and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes we just go and I'm like, what's new? And she's got five. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that felt very real. What? Who d- Who do you know does that? I don't ever? know. It's what I assume in New York are like I'm a, I am an uppity snobby bitch and like like to buy a lot of shit mm-hmm. and not never would I do that they wanted to it to come off like basically their whole life their personalities their lifestyle their decorating choices their dog everything about them is could be like purchased in a catalog they felt like that was that's how they saw themselves is everything is about not about what they want. It's about what they think they should be. 
So that's with the Chandler being haircut and and the the dog and and all of that. She Is based, the Mayflower dog show real? No. Okay. They actually tried to get they tried to film at several dog shows and they said no. So they had to make this all their own. Uppity bitches. Yeah. Do they not do any type of like psychological testing before they allow someone to enter a dog show? Because these people are fucking crazy. I was just reading that the real, the Westminster dog show, I think it was a Westminster. One of them is, I can't remember how they called it. It wasn't stadium seating. It was something seating where basically anybody from the crowd, anybody can come up and pet the dogs and write. These no, show animals, right? Anybody can come up and 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 do whatever. I mean, it's crazy. I think you know rules in in dog shows are like things get. I think I think it's pretty rowdy. I think it's like the Wild West. You can just do whatever you want. I am a neurotic nut job, and these two make me seem very, very stable. Definitely, that's a pro. That's a con. Because <laughs> I am pro. not. <laughs> Well, then we meet Sherry and Calvet, played by the incomparable Jennifer Coolidge. And we meet her dog handler a little later, but since it jumps around between characters a lot, I'm going to go ahead and talk about her now. Dog handler is Christy Cummings, and she is played by Jane Lynch. And I cooked for her, kind of. You did? I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I may have said this before, but I'll say it again. She and her crew had easily the most low-maintenance rider. Yes. Their food requests were incredibly the least fussy that I think I've ever seen. They were really, really nice. According to our staff, they were very nice. Sat around, talked, you know. I think that was kind of neat. Hmm. She, uh, Jane Lynch was very excited to jump onto this because she had seen Waiting for Guffman. She says, like, all of the Hollywood actors, we saw that and like, oh, what a dream because this would be so neat. So when she got cast, she thought, yes, absolutely. And she says, mm, I'll get into the attraction later. This is the scene where Jane Lynch kind of throws in a casual suicide joke about her mom. <laughs> Suicide's not funny. It is not funny. It is, it is not funny. It should not be a punchline. <laughs> but it, it comes out of nowhere. And it punched me with a laugh. It, it made you it, are wrong. I, you know, uh, is humor wrong, though? Sometimes. Can, can humor be wrong? Sometimes. I don't think so. I think they said, do you like Russell Brand? Ew. Okay. Sometimes humor's wrong. I concede. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even have that one in my back pocket. That that was organic. It was incredible. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer Coolidge. Now, I think you talked a little bit before, but I would very much like you to tell your Jennifer Coolidge story because it's extremely relevant to this movie. And I'll say... Anything that you say in this story right now is not a button push. I'm going to say is free is a free zone from button push. Here's the thing. I am shy in general. And that lends itself to having 
literally no chill around famous people. Like if I stumbled upon Tom Hanks or Morgan Freeman, I don't know what I would do. With, I don't, I can't actually sweating. I don't know what I would do. I'm sweating like crazy, but I think it's because of the fireplace. I know, but the fireplace is lovely. It is lovely. So I was in Las Vegas. Uh, I can't remember. I think we were at the Venetian or the, the Paris Hotel. One of the two. Uh, you could figure it out because Jennifer Coolidge was uh, doing a comedy show at the time. I believe it was actually at the hotel. But anyway, I was in the spa in the dressing room and fucking Jennifer Coolidge is there in her because we're in spa robes and she's there with, I think, an assistant or someone that she's talking to just about, you know, kind of like life in general. So I think it was an assistant. It didn't seem like a friend so much. But anyway, I hope it. I hope so. That's what she deserves. I yes. And so the whole time I'm like. Just don't look at her. (laughs) Wait for your treatment and don't say a word because there is nothing. There's no way you're going to interact with this human being that you adore and it's going to be cool. And I almost did that (laughs) until she stood up and she was getting ready to walk away. And my brain betrayed me and was like, this is your last chance. So then I said... Jennifer, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whole pals, right? Not Miss Coolidge or your highness or all the other yeah. salutations she deserved. Jennifer, <laughs> I just need you to know <laughs> that I love you. And my sister and I quote you all the time, every, at least three, four times a week. And we say, we just talk or not talk and still find things to not talk about. And I, and I just love you and you're the best. <laughs> and then I just, and she was so gracious with this crazy person of in front of her, was. who we're, we're naked. Basically, we're, we're you know we're, we have a robe on. You're vulnerable, vulnerable. And I just spew. Mm-hmm. I just rocket love. Yeah, at, her. at least it's love, <laughs> right? While she's trying to chill out, and she, I'm she. Could not have been sweeter. I love that she's getting so much positive attention now. Well, she's incredible on White Lotus. Speaking of which, Parker Posey, I believe, is going to be joining season three. Ooh. I I could do with a few less of her commercials, but because I watched some streaming, you... That's not her fault. That's not her fault. Mm Mm-mm. You know, but I'm glad she's got that hot bodyguard walking around the grocery store with her, who's not really, you know, her her personal shopper. People doing impressions of her on TikTok is kind of it's a it was it was viral for oh. a bit because Maddie showed me. She's like, "Do you know who Jennifer Coolidge is?" Like, like, yeah, why do you? And she even she goes because when I was like, blah, 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 she goes. You know what? That is not a quote I get a lot. She thought I was going to say like a legally blonde, like, you know, bend and snap or whatever. Mm-hmm. She was like, that is not a quote I get a lot. And I was like, we say it all the time. I mean, all the time. She <laughs> could not have been sweeter. And I really had no chill. I and, love that story so much. Yeah. So she could be a monster and I would fight someone to the death saying she isn't because she was so kind to me. I refuse to believe that. And everything I've read says the opposite. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. So back to, there's about to be a big 
dog show. It's going to be the Mayflower Kennel Club dog show. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of the movie. Everybody's either going towards, traveling towards at this point, or getting ready to. And Scott and Stefan packing felt very my life. And I, I know it's Katrina's too. Stefan Vanderhoof, his full name, is being kind of judgmental about how Scott is packing. And that is a con. What? Why? He's not judgmental. Yes, he is. He's like, you're you're packing eight kimonos and we're going to be there for 48 hours. No, he says seven. Uh-huh. And then Scott puts in an, an eighth one. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you doing? Yeah. That is a lot of kimonos. <gasps> I'm not saying it's too many. I'm saying it's a lot. So to an outside observer that might not understand, you know, some people are just not good packers. They don't understand. Like, for instance, my husband, whenever he packs a bag for one of our children, (gasps) when I should say one of our children, just Finn at this point. Oh my God. Don't even. You just kind of don't know what you're going to get. I do. What? I know exactly what I'm going to get when Adrian packs a bag for Finn. Describe. I'm going to get seven. It doesn't matter if Finn's going to be with me for three days or 12 days. I'm going to get seven pairs of underwear, <laughs> two shirts that fit him three years ago. Why I, I, Why you have those, I still don't understand. I'm trying to perch from his closet. I don't know where they come from. I don't. I don't. I think Adrian has a stash of them because they're so always in his bag. So a button-up shirt that Finn doesn't want to wear. <laughs> and... Maybe a pair of socks. Yeah. it Pants or shorts are definitely not a guarantee. No. Uh, they, I would say they're a rarity. They're like that fucking My Little Pony that Finn won't let go of. I think I think he's, a, I think he's, Adrian, he's like, well, he'll just wear the same pants over and over and over. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand. He does not understand. How does he pack for himself? I pack for him. So it's your fault. Well, no. I mean, I don't pack for him. That's not... I just, you know, give him... So like, don't forget, we're going to be somewhere yes. three days, so you're going to need at least yeah. three pairs of socks. Did and- you also pack this? Did you pack this? I'm not... It sounds like I'm being overbearing with it. And trust me, Katrina is not exaggerating. I am <laughs> not. not an exaggeration. No. Those numbers are real numbers. The two things I have not exaggerated about <laughs> are my no chill with Jennifer Coolidge mm-hmm. and how Adrian packs for Finn. Correct. That is, and I gave you fucking accuracy there. That is true. It is true. So some people are just not good with packing. They don't understand what you're going to need. I think Stefan is one of those people. And luckily he has a Scott in his life. Or uh, Katrina or an Anna to go, yeah, you're going to need eight kimonos. <laughs> Obviously. We're going to change at least three times each day. Well, it's a con. What? Nuh-uh. Yeah, it is. I you have it in my you notes. Can't, you can't be me upset about him. Can I tell you a quote that uh, John Michael Higgins, who plays Scott, what he said in regards to Shih Tzu's? Yes, but this is trivia. Trivia. Okay. It, I thought it was super interesting because they all had to have, they all kind of got a crash course. Normally, I guess it would be like a seven or eight week course with dog training. They got it in like five days. Those dogs are fucking pains in the asses. <laughs> you know, it's fun. Oh, Shih Tzu's specifically? Yes. Okay. Well, At least mine. <laughs> right. He said, 
quote, this is a breed that was bred to sit on a pillow in the Manchu dynasty. So they're even tempered. They don't snap at you much. Eunuchs bred the dogs in the Forbidden City in Peking so that they didn't want them snapping at the emperor. So the last thing the descendants want to do is snap at you unless you're doing something for which you should be duly bitten, like disrespecting fabric. The matching of the dogs to each of the couples, I thought was perfect because they all seem to be that's, you know, you agree? Yeah. Should we do a shot? You were nodding in agreement for that. I was actually thinking about tequila. I lost you at the end. I think that deserves a button push then. What? A button push for not listening? Well, I was saying that what you were nodding to is that all of the dogs are matched up to each of the couples so great. No, I honestly, I was not nodding to that. I was nodding about the whole the Chi- the Chinese dynasty thing because I know that's the backstory of Ch- Sh- Shih Tzu's. No, pa- but I was past that. I wasn't nodding on purpose. <laughs> you said you were not going to give me a bullshit button push. I'm not going to give you a button push, but we will do a shot of tequila. Okay. So don't nod if you're not actually, I'm not trying to trick you. I personally feel that they did an excellent job of matching the dogs up with the personnel, the, the characters. They seem 100%. Definitely Jerry and Cookie would have a terrier. Absolutely. Harlan Pepper would have a bloodhound. 100% that the, the snobby couple would have a Weimariner. It just absolutely makes sense. If anyone is going to die by suicide, it is Beatrice the dog just to escape Hamilton and Meg in their endless matching lens and outfits. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. She talked about like looking for just beige and grays. I was like, oh my God, did the dog really die? <laughs> And but then they found out that the dog, the Weimariner, which I they said the name, it's a female. Daisy, Beatrice, Daisy, I just Beatrice, said it. Oh yeah, Beatrice. Yeah. yeah, that dog did die. No, I'm just kidding. You fucker! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! During the filming? No apologies. <laughs> Go uh, ahead. Uh, well, and talk. Okay. I just want to point out, because I'm not going to get into too much, Ed Begley Jr. is the hotel manager. We see that's where most of the guests are staying. I don't really want to get into the hotel stuff unless you want to. Everyone knows Ed Begley Jr. is just masquerading as a hotel manager to catch the werewolf and Dracula and is hoping to see Gina Davis's knockers. <laughs> well, that's what we all want. But he's not a real manager. He's a, he's a werewolf hunter. He does other things. Where's Jeff Goldblum? Okay, this is about Transylvania 65,000, and we've already said we're not going to do that one, I don't think. Oh, I think we're on the fence. You were the one that said it didn't hold up as well. I know, but sometimes I have a stick up my ass. Yeah, we need to watch it together. Yeah, let's watch it together. With tequila. Hell yeah. He is a very, very nice character. He's in several of the other Christopher Guest movies, not in all of them. I don't think he's in Waiting for Guffman, but he's definitely in A Mighty Wind. I think maybe Jerry and Cookie visit some old friends of hers on the way to the dog show, but I can't I write down. I am enraged by the scene where Jerry and Cookie arrive at her ex's house. What do you mean? Which they went there in the... Which, why they went there in the first place is fucking beyond me. And as Jerry pointed out earlier in the movie, it was like an hour and a half out of their way. And when they get there, her ex sucks her face off 
And his life, his wife is like, well, I will go get the bags. And then Cookie just goes on a house tour with this fucker. Leaving Jerry just standing there like, what the fuck? Stop. I hate him. Okay. All right. I hate him. The the ex-boyfriend? Yes. Well, he deserves to be hated. And also, during this visit, at dinner, Cookie is wearing a super low cut top, which in general, I have no problems with. But she knows her ex is being a fucking skeeve. I think that's the only clothes she has. Mm. I think that, that that's all she wears. She wears that at the dog show, too. And then she compares the ladies cooking to trashy cafeteria food, yeah. which, and I quote, she never ate because she didn't want to look like a loser. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. Oh, and also the wife is allergic to dogs, which makes it even more egregious that they stopped there to begin with. How do you know she's allergic to dogs? Because she said, because she said, can I go ahead and let Winky down? And the wife goes, okay, it's okay. I'll just get my puffer. Maybe she means a, a, a bong. She, I wish that lady had a bong. That lady deserve. if anyone deserves a hit, it is that poor lady. Yeah. Her husband's an absolute douchebag. This and her son is a ginger. Is making me mad at Catherine O'Hara. And that is a con. But wait. Then the soulless ginger child has Winky on the roof, and the dad threatens to stab him repeatedly with a fork and gouge his eyes out. Well, because the dad is a, a hostage negotiator. Which he's terrible at, he's by the way. Definitely terrible at it. Well, he says they always jump. They always, they always jump. jump. I bet all of his do. <laughs> so you know who I'm mad at? His boss. Why hasn't he been fired yet? He's the best they got. Really? He's the best they got. He's reckless. Winky would do a better job as a... Probably. You know, this is... This scene is crazy. I don't love it. I don't love it. And you know that this scene does not put Cookie in a good light. I don't love it. Okay, it, it it this is not Cookie's best showing. It is very difficult for Jerry. There is a ginger. I don't love that. That X is a real piece of cheese. He, I don't. I he's oh, it's Larry Miller, and he's a been a piece of cheese on behalf of cheese. Okay. How dare you? Okay, he's a real piece of pate. Pate. He's a real piece of pate. That's fancy. I know people really love pate. What's gar- he's a real Vienna sausage. Some people like that. Really? I don't know. He's he's a real... What's that Hawaiian shit? Spam? He's a real spam. Oh, spam oh, fried rice. people love that shit too. Spam fried rice is the shit. He's a real... You know how for oh, the longest time chefs were doing the, those like swipes on the plate? I like the swipe. He's a real foam. I don't like the foams. He's a real foam. We had to go so far. To get to that foam. It's because we like food so much. We're like, what? Oh. there's no food that's shitty enough to no, describe like this that. guy. <laughs> foam. We had to go with foam. <laughs> <laughs> and foam's like, hey. but I know, but hey. I'm fluffy. <laughs> See, if someone wants a little light accoutrement, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. He's gross. He's gross. He's a boiled hot dog. A boiled. He is a boiled hot dog of a man. I, I'm just saying, he's not great. It's he's played by Larry Miller, 
and he's played by Larry Miller incredibly well because we hate him. We hate this character. Was Everybody Larry should. Miller in Pretty Woman? He was, and I actually think that might be one of his first roles. It's it's not like his like technically first roles, but it was definitely his. Who big, was he in that? He was one of the um, shop people store. Oh yes, yeah. mm-hmm. uh huh. Like one of the good people. Yeah, for her, he plays. He's a wonderful character actor. My God, his filmography is is full. I have nothing else to say. Okay, that took that that month that that rant took up most of my notes. <laughs> we we get to see a lot of the different characters uh-huh. kind of going about uh, getting to the place where like everybody's still kind of getting to there. Sherry Ann and Christy go on a morning show and that's fun. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? I'm sorry. Yes. When they're on the morning show, Christy Cummings said the dog dog's name is Butch. Because then the weird news anchor guy is like, wait, isn't Butch a bitch? But then when the segment airs, Christy calls the dog Rhapsody in White. And then she calls her Butch again. Again. How's the audience supposed to know what is real? We just went over this. We did? Yes. What? They have the weird, funky, like, names, like the Neil Sedaka bullshit. But then they also have a nickname that they are called. I think it's confusing. Where were you in that? It is very important to me. Yes. Not to alienate our listeners. Yeah. Unless a garbage person stumbled upon our podcast and they can kiss my ass. Mm-mm. Yeah. We're not for you. I feel like I need to speak my truth. Oh, God. <sighs> oh, no. Let's say that I find ventriloquist dummies to be incredibly creepy. I don't like them. Harlan has... A ventriloquist dummy in I, his RV. I don't love that, but that's just because I've seen too many like Twilight Zone. They slash always amazing. come to life. Yeah, it's always they always come alive, and it is always nefarious. It's always nefarious, and they, they got those eyes. They're like this. Oh, very blinky. Yes, you are correct. I like you smiled with it, and it's you're correct with this. However, it also kind of makes me think of Chicago when they're doing the... The gun, the gun, the (laughs) gun, the gun. When did you get here? 1920. (laughs) How old were you? Don't Don't remember. remember. And that's a ventriloquist act, and that's fun. Hmm. Does that bring you back around? No. Because we both reach for the gun. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. We both reach for the gun. What does she say, like... Do you regret it? Are you kidding? (laughs) I don't know if my boss, Steve, ever checks his tapes uh, because we are on cameras. Oh, my God. And there was a time when Katrina came and helped me (laughs) at work. And we were listening to the Chicago soundtrack. And I don't know what to tell you, but we dance beautifully. Yeah, we did. I mean, and the thing is, is that Katrina and I, we joke about sharing a brain, but we really share a brain. Yeah. So we will be standing completely still for any amount of time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we're doing the exact same dance moves, and it's just, it happens. I don't know what to tell you. It's like if the, the um, I can't do it alone was meant for us. 
I know, the first part's shit. But the second part, <laughs> the second part is really something. <laughs> it's real neato. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight. Bing, 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 bing. Tim Curry should have been in that movie. Yeah, he should. With so the dance. wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love you too. <laughs> I love the cocktail party that has all the contestants. Because uh, there is a ton to love in the scene. <laughs> You've got Hamilton and Meg. It's Parker right. Posey. Yeah. It, it, Swan. Talking, Swan. Swan is their the last Swans. Name. Talking to Harlan Pepper, who <laughs> Christopher Guest. <laughs> and he's going on and on about fishing. And it, uh, Hamilton is just staring directly at his clothes to try and figure out what he's wearing in, in disgust. And Parker Posey has like a the Stanley Kubrick scare, stare, like not paying attention to anything. I can't tell if her stank face is because of the $4 Chardonnay that they serve or if it's because of Harlan or if it's because of Hamilton. I can answer that. What? Yes. The Chardonnay or just all of, all of D, all of the above? Yes. Okay. Why we, in Lassie's we, name does Cookie have her name tag sticker on her chest and not her shirt? It seems so Cookie. <laughs> it's Cookie. <laughs> it's Cookie. <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious because Parker Posey's face when she's when they're talking to Harlan is we have been there so many times. We're gonna talk about some Oh wait, we gotta talk about Scott and Stefan redecorating their room. <laughs> Stefan and Scott redecorating their room which I mean. doesn't involve throwing the kimonos around as a decor as you might think. They fucking bring a hanger to change the wall art. Yes. Why aren't we doing that? Why? Because we're not assholes. You don't go to a hotel and change the art around. Well, one time we did. Hey, Katrina. Yes. What did you think about the art that was in the Wesleyan Buttercup room? You know what? I think it's not there anymore because somebody had the good sense to take it down. You took it down every time you stayed in that room. I hated it because it didn't make sense in the Wesleyan Buttercup room. But I didn't bring my own shit and a hammer. Because you don't have room. You had to pack wine. I'll concede. Thank you. And now it's time. Whoop, 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 whoop. When Stefan calls home to check on the dog. Oh, that's so sweet. This is the year 2000. In the year 2000. And you know that that is a long distance call and probably costs $18.59. Do you think that they're hard up for money? And with the Canadian exchange rate, that was probably actually closer to $25. This isn't set in Canada. Oh, for sure it is. It's filmed partly in Canada, but I mean, yeah. Jerry and and Cookie are driving from Florida. This uh, is, Harlan is driving from the American South. This is, this is definitely set in the United States. This is Canada. It's filmed in Canada. It is set in the United States. These characters are United States. I'm just going off of what they tell me. I'm just feeding off your energy. Just feed off your energy. <laughs> and now it's time, if you don't mind, for the Mayflower Kettle Club Dog Show, which brings us the insanely funny hurricane tornado comedy spinorama Fred Willard. He is exhausting. That is all I have to say. Exhaustingly hilarious. 
I thought, and his co-host, I really, really feel like we should point out that his co-host, his name is Trevor, and he's played by Jim Pittock. He is so incredibly good in this role. I thought he was like a real person that they brought in. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that he was actually like a dog, like part of like the dog show thing. Because he's incredible. I don't remember. Yes, you do. No. He is just, he's just, he, he plays everything straight. But he's also in, he's definitely in A Mighty Wind. Because he's Catherine O'Hara's husband in that. Mm. But he's incredible. And that th- he's able to withstand the barrage of, of comedy that's coming off of him in rapid fire from Fred Willard is nothing short of amazing. How you keep a straight face through all that. I can tell you how he kept a straight face, though, is he was super irritated. Xanax? No. Oh. He was just very, very annoyed. And it actually worked really well for the character because he had to get back to England. To He was filming a sitcom there. And Fred Willard wouldn't shut the fuck up? No, they couldn't get to their scenes being filmed. So it kept like getting pushed off more and more and more throughout the week. And really, he's like, I've got to go. So they were able, they had to film all of their scenes like pretty quickly. And having your scenes needing to keep things like quickly so that you can get on a flight all the way to England to start filming your other show there. And you're having to deal with Fred Willard. <laughs> like, who won't shut the fuck up who is a comedy genius it's i've heard read over and over and over again that christopher guest could not hold it together nobody can keep it together with fred willard sounds like they should know how to keep it together better that's con. i don't even know what my favorite thing is with him it's him talking about weightlifting him talking about they sh- maybe they should put on a little a little hat and pipe for the bloodhound to feel like a Sherlock Holmes dog. <laughs> it's just, it's so fast. I don't really oh, remember. I did, I did read why, because at one point, the one of the judges like uh, cups, cups the walls of one of the dogs, gives a little like cup, and he's like, whoa. <laughs> He refers to something like she said. Glad he's glad she's not examining me or something like that. Right. <laughs> but apparently they have to do that. You know why? To see if they've been uh, fixed or something. Well, because they have to have to. The, the whole point of the dog. I mean, those dogs have to be as perfect as they can be. Right. You know, and they have to have two testicles. And some people will fake that by putting in a false testicle. <gasps> That's honestly, Leia cannot be a show dog. She's stupid. Well, she is stupid. There's, she can't follow commands, but she's not a purebred dog. She's not a purebred Shih Tzu. She can't be because she's so tiny. Right? She's. I know. She's little. She's, she's beautiful, though. She's definitely 10 pounds, though, because that's what her doggy daycare requires. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've read, I read up a bunch about the dog show stuff. I thought it was fascinating. Have I told you... This is an aside, but I'll be real fast. Okay. Um, and I showed Finn. I can watch Leia at her doggy daycare. They have camper cams. Yes. I think it's amazing. And I have watched it too many times. And I'm like, Leia, play with the other. She's just standing there, like, looking at him like, are you she, fucking kidding me? She doesn't understand. And then she goes over to the people because that's who she wants to interact with. And they're like, go play with the dogs. Go climb the ladder. And she's like, no. Where's my mom? Mm. And then she'll like barf to like get attention. 
Well, she she just didn't she didn't have a ton of interaction with their dogs. She just Reese rest and rest and cuddles. Yeah, I know. Finn and I were watching it the other day, and she's like, "He threw up." I think that's attention seeking. I'm like, you know what, Finn, you're right. Okay, yeah, you're right. You know what I really like in the scene? How Christopher Guest runs. <laughs> He's like showing. Oh, oh. So I told you they have to. They had to like. You know, be with the trainers and and all of that, and really understand the dog show. Uh, John Michael Higgins, who plays Scott, Scott. Mm-hmm. he did a with his trainer with the the probably with the Shih Tzu, I assume. He went to show like go and see like how that's done in like a real dog show, and they had him show the dog. Oh, and he won a blue ribbon. <laughs> like, of course he did. <laughs> I would give him a blue ribbon. I don't have Scott? Any. I would actually like to talk about Parker Posey. Oh, is it have to do with the busy bee? She <laughs> loses her shit <laughs> so badly over the busy bee toy, which, by the way, probably unalived itself two days ago just so the makers of Toy Story don't get any funny ideas and try to make <laughs> it relive its trauma. And then she threatens to have the maid deported. <laughs> she really does. Again, all it's incredible. Like all of this, it feels so real. It, it's this is all improv. Every bit of it. She's just she's like, what are you a wizard? Downstairs. Why don't we go a down? Pest down the stairs. Yes. What are you a wizard? A genius? What did you tell me that before? You Thanks are- for your help. You stupid hotel manager. So, yeah, they lose the toy, and that's not good for their dog, that for Beatrice. because No, it is fine for Beatrice. Beatrice doesn't give a shit. No. It's her two neurotic owners. That is correct. And because of their two neurotic owners, Beatrice ends up jumping on one of the judges and gets disqualified. And they don't handle it great. Christy Cummings is feeling very comfortable about her chances of winning. Jane Lynch said she described her, her character, Christy, as a prodigy in the dog show world. She says that, you know, she just feels like destiny came together for her to to, to, to do this. And, you know, she is somebody now. And, that this, and it's extremely important to her. We also find out Sherry Ann... And Christy have formed a bit of a connection, uh, maybe over their love of, of the dog, of the poodle. Of it's Butch. their love for each other's vagines. Yeah. Yeah. Because Michael McKeon, or because Scott and Stefan are wa- looking, watching in their hotel because, of course, they have to change. What is Sherry Ann wearing? <laughs> Hello. Rhapsody has two mommies. I'm just going to say mm-hmm. that in the initial round, I think Scott is trying to outshine the dog. What if the judge is so distracted by Scott being flashy and doesn't really pay attention to the dog? Are you kidding me? Doesn't the dog move on to the next round? I'm just saying it was a risk. It was a risk that paid off. Scott knows what Scott's doing. Mm. Scott is in control. Scott is a star. Scott is a star. Is this is this a Scott dog show, or is this a the Mayflower dog kennel show? Everybody knows who the tra- who, who the trainers are because, 
Like everybody knows who Christy Cummings is because she shows Rhapsody in white and Butch and all. Yeah, Butch. And so he's he's fabulous. I mean, what do you want him to to make him to minimize himself to to demure himself? Are you kidding me? I think in general, this Scott is being who Scott is. In general, I like that. I think as a therapist, you would tell Scott to be his true self. And this is definitely Scott's true self. Question. Yes. Am I a therapist right now? Yes. You were always a therapist, right? <sighs> Can see. <laughs> Did you see how Cookie describes herself? How? <laughs> <laughs> on, on the grooming table for Winky, she's described, and I wrote it down, a domestic canine appearance technician. Oh, <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> that is Cookie's description for herself. She has a fucking label. Can I tell you that they came up with a whole backstory for for Winky that they felt that Jerry and Cookie were in this neighborhood and that there was a kind elderly woman that they really liked in their neighborhood that had this dog and she passed and they inherited the dog from her and like kind of a promise like to always keep care of it and, and the dog was being shown and they, so they they were new to this world this is kind of a new thing but they were like you know this is who we are you know what winky is seems to like being part of this and we want to make our dog happy and this is i swear this is this is what they say i know but that feels like People who enter their children in beauty pageants, they're like, they just like it so much. It has nothing to do with us. It's just about them. They just want to do it. But do you think every parent that does that is like that? I think... Weren't uh, you in a pageant? I was in a pageant when I was 17. Just saying. I was in the Miss Appalachian pageant, which is a fucking joke. Was mom like that with you? I wasn't in pageants when I was a child. I'm just saying, not everybody's, I'm just saying. Not everyone. They were they were new into this. They thought, sure, we can do this. You mentioned earlier that Beatrice lost her shit in her round. Yes. But did you, do you recall how they described those dogs in that category? No. The announcer said, these are the dogs that you see hanging on the walls. How inhumane is that? In paintings. They didn't say paintings. It's implied. Even Beatrice doesn't deserve that. Do you think they actually have them hanging on walls? Like I don't dogs? know. They, you know what? People do crazy shit. You know what? People do do crazy shit, actually. So I don't know, I don't know either. I, don't, I take things literally. <laughs> Imagine your energy here. Right. I don't think they're hanging any dogs, but I don't know enough about it to say no, so... I, I'll concede it. Look how much I'm conceding to you. I this. have one. I can't believe you haven't got a button push up. I have a second actual legitimate complaint about this movie. But I'm going to be quiet until you get to it. Ooh. Sherry Ann is a little bit nervous because everybody has gone through their personal categories. And, and all of our the ones that we've seen have all moved on to best in show. And she's nervous. And she <laughs> solves that. Eating like, popcorn. Right. Girl eats her feelings. And I think we can all identify with that in some way or another. I like that she orders half butter, half salt. Like that's somehow a possible thing to do. And she and she says, and she says it under her breath, an extra large cola. 
half butter, half salt. And then she says a line that you and I have said about a billion times. I don't think so. I just need to really listen to my inner instinct. And um, my inner instinct says, don't go right now. So I'm not going out. I'm going to be right here until I, until I get another message from myself. Everything's going just fine. Everybody's about to show for Best in Show. And then Cookie accidentally trips on the carpet, thinks that somebody has sabotaged her, and hurts her knee. So now Jerry has to show Winky, but the the thing she does with her leg <laughs> to make it look like it's wonky now is so unsettling. But she says that that's what her dad used to her dad used to do that as like a joke. It's like the Ministry of Silly Walks or something. Yeah, it's the- like a sh- it's like one of the knees is like cro- crookedy, shaky, and it's it's it is crazy to see. What you have something to say? I reworded this seven times in my notes because mm. I have to be very careful how I say this. We're almost at the end. I'm itching for a button. I legitimately and and. Ooh, don't say that. I told you in the pre-synopsis how I feel about this movie. Yes. I thought that the scene where Cookie tells Jerry he has to show Winky legitimately felt a little disconnected from the rest of the movie. Because I I thought like the rest of the movie was kind of just going along and things that... Go on. <laughs> I don't know if this is a button push. Like things that you would want to happen happen. Mm-hmm. And then this felt like the normal the like the odd man out gets encouraged to do more than he thinks he can because of love. And she's like, you can do it. It felt a little it felt almost like But everything is gone exactly as as you want it to go. Not as I want it to go. As people would want it to go. It, I think the movie has a certain cadence to it. Mm -hmm. And this felt out of place to me. It felt kind of. I want to to push a button so badly on you, but I don't think I can. I I think, I think you're safe. I, it felt kind of like a forced, like, Mm -hmm. almost like a formulaic part. And this. Yeah. Don't say that. No, I don't understand. I know, because everything I want to say is a button push. Everything else, like this felt formulaic. Yeah. Which separated it from the rest of the movie. So none of the rest of the movie is formulaic. I am talking about this part. This part stands out because this part is formulaic as opposed to the rest of the movie, which is not. This, like, all I'm saying is the movie has sort of a flow you are you are you are you are tiptoeing <laughs> around a compliment and you know it you're saying that this movie is if everything is you gone exactly this- as it's supposed to go and everything has been perfect and then and uh, now I is, say, you know that this is a little they're shoehorning in you you think they're shoehorning you're in. a shoe whore <laughs> <laughs> kind of <laughs> You know that this part feels a little disjointed for something, right? 
if it, I didn't feel that way, but if, but it sounds like you do, and that's because the rest of the movie is. It's even the way, and I love Catherine O'Hara in general, but she's like, Jerry, you could do it. I mean, it just feels a little like, you know, even like their interaction, which, did I already get a button push? Do you feel like this is a, a legit button push? Probably. Yeah. Like throughout the whole you've, movie, you've got you've got your button push, so you might as well just go ahead and say okay, it exactly. Might, how you so want to say the it. whole movie is just like things kind of happen. You know, Harlan gets first place. Uh huh. Winky gets first place. You know, things kind of go along as yeah. you want. Uh, the the Shih Tzu gets first. You know, it kind of goes along. You're saying there doesn't need to be that conflict. It could have just been like somebody wins who wins. But, it doesn't. It doesn't need Jerry. Doesn't need to show it. Yes, because also it's a little because like the the whole thing with Jerry and Cookie through the movie is mm-hmm. she is who she is, and there's a sort of like, and then she's just like, it felt a little like Care Bearsy, like you can do it. Like I felt like it was a little bit of like she he is constantly in 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 the the shadow of of the bright light that is that is cookie and he is he is always taking a back seat and he's you know it sounds like his entire life he's been clumsy they called him loopy because he had two left feet and he would go around in loops and he's you know which would be a difficult thing for this in particular i didn't i didn't like it throughout the movie like that Cookie was like mm-hmm. sort of leaned into her past some, like flirted mm-hmm. with the. But their interactions during those scenes, yeah, seemed very natural. Yeah, and this scene actually didn't feel very natural to me. Well, I mean, it's this is like right before, like it, this is all right before they're about to show, so it would feel forced because it's all like a decision that's happening in the moment, and they're like, "This is about to start. You've got to do this." I can't. Do we want to win or do we not? I mean, do, we're here. Yeah. It's not going to be another handler. It's got to be you. You can do it. Yeah. All right. I would like to hear. Oh, I kind of was hoping you'd forget that I got a button bush. Damn near almost dead. Oh, fuck. I don't want one. You haven't gotten a button push. I'm going to get you in our next movie, bitch. Oh, boy. <laughs> I wouldn't mind hearing you say something about. The, the 2004 movie Crash. It, it won Academy Awards. Certainly, something can be found positive about it. And it, winning an Academy Award is not acceptable. You are a crash into my heart with asking me to say something about this movie. What does it have to do with the movie? This movie had so many problems. Um, is that a positive? And I really hated the fact that they had Matt Dillon, who was such a racist cop, somehow saved Fanny Newton at some point. Mm-hmm. Is this Didn't, positive? And then at some point, Sandra Bullock is like walking down the street and she's like, ooh, I'm scared by the people because they're black. Ooh. Again, is any of this a positive? Yes. Yes. Because one of the people in that scene with Sandra Bullock, where she's like being the rich white lady walking down the street. Yeah. Guess who one of those guys was? Don Cheadle, Terrence Howard? Luda! It was ludicrous. Oh, no shit? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure it is. Right here. Ooh, Brandon Fraser was in this. 
All right. I'll accept it. Ludacris is awesome. Luda. Luda. <laughs> you did you did an impression of Ja Rule earlier. It made me laugh so hard. We build on my babies. <laughs> <laughs> he always sings with these beautiful women. They're like, and I'm real. <laughs> my baby. Shut up, Ja Rule. Well, he got Fire his, Island. Yeah, what's up? Well, not Fire Island. <laughs> no, it's Fire Festival. Fire Festival, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not Fire, Fire Island. Island. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. Sales on shoes for days. <laughs> okay, so obviously Cookie trips on the carpet and hurts her knees. Now Jerry has to show Winky and Winky wins. And boy, is Christy pissed. Cookie has no chill whatsoever when Winky wins. Well, she happy. loses her goddamn mind. They're new to this, it sounds like. It's like me when I get a coupon for William Sonoma. You know what I love, Katrina? What? An epilogue. And that's what this movie gives us. It's not a montage, but it's pretty damn good. An epilogue showing where all the contestants are now. Cookie and Jerry are making music. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Some dish. <laughs> Sherry Ann and Christy are together now as a couple. And they make a magazine called American Bitch exclusively for lesbian purebred dog owners. What a niche market. I wanted better for Harlan than being embarrassed at the VFW. He's now a ventriloquist. It sounds like this is what he wants to do. Have a dog come alive and kill him in his sleep? Did he seem upset? He seemed out of place. He was going, Yahoo! He was having a very good time. And singing that song, Anna Hungry Time. <laughs> Scott and Stefan put together a calendar of their Shinsu's recreating old movies. <laughs> I'm positive there was Casablanca in there. Yep, and Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. Oh, it's incredible. Megan Hamilton, the the Swans, the Swans have a new dog. It's a pug, and they are back in therapy. And they just like the movie started, circles circular. This movie ends with the pug dry humping the no affect therapist. Thank God. It's a little lazy, sea guy. Well, you know what isn't lazy? What? It's the end of the movie. It's done. Yes. It's over now. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. I tried so hard to word my criticism. Yeah, you did. And I just couldn't. This movie's brilliant. It is it, so good. It is. And it's so brilliant. And it's so good. And it's so perfect that I do actually think that that scene with, if you go back no, and watch fair. it. I'm with you on that. It feels a little. Yeah. It's a force. It's like, what do we, it, it seems like they got to the point where they're, okay, we're at the dog show. Now, what do we need to do? Do we, have we had anything that's like. Any like, sense of urgency. Right, but then it already had Beatrice act a fool. Like, I just... Um, yeah. Yeah, they could, have, they could have just as easily just had Jerry. I mean, just just had Cookie show Winky, and it even, probably would have had the same amount of love. Even if, even if Cookie hurt herself, I thought, I just... I don't know, I just... I'll say, and I love, love love scott and stefan i love those characters so mm-hmm. very very much i think there's still you know michael mckeon and john michael higgins mm-hmm. i think they're 
brilliant. And I don't, I'm not, I know I, I probably say that too much because in this case, they are. They truly are. Mm-hmm. I think they're wonderful. Oh, it does feel a little icky having straight men do yeah. th- those characters because it seems caricature. And, you know, would it be different, done differently now? Yep. Yeah. You know, it could have been. Well, uh, Rupert Everett. Yeah. Yeah. He played, he played a, a straight man a number of times. Right. It just, it was, yeah, that things were, things were different. And, you know, I, I think actually, we got to a point where we we're just like, you know, this, this is great and all, but it should be, it shouldn't be this way. And that's where we're at now. Yeah. I actually like that Eugene Levy, that Jerry showed Winky. I liked that part of it, mm-hmm. but I think it might've even been a little funnier, which I still would have shit on. If Cookie like got distracted by an ex, or like oh. if an ex distracted her, and yes. then you know Jerry had to show the dog mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, there could have been there definitely could have been a number of reasons. I think we're both stalling because mm. we're anxious about getting to our happy ending. You know what? Let's just go ahead and get that. Get to that. Ordinarily. I'm I'm the con, so I would be doing the happy ending, and we're going to try to get through this. This is going to be tough. This week, um, ah, we lost a legend, and it's it's not often when you live in a small town like Lawrence, and you know in Kansas, where you can say we lost a local legend, and we did. And it just, it felt like there was no other person that should be our happy ending than Andy Morton, who we both love so much and lost his battle to cancer this week. And he was a huge supporter of us and this podcast, but he was actually a big fucking deal. And as demonstrated by the fact that all of Lawrence has just collectively started grieving over him. And so we're just going to talk we're just going to talk about him cuz Andy Morton is our happy ending. Oh my god. We've mentioned Andy a number of times. Oh yeah. I mean, we actually talked about him being a happy ending like long before any of this. Yeah. Just because he's that type of person. He ran I I was introduced to him. Um at the no, I'm sorry. At the, the trivia, yep. the pop, the we would go to pop uh, trivia, our trivia team together. And uh, get, the name of your trivia team, by the way, is Sparkle uh, Motion. Uh, what's that? Sparkle Motion. Oh, Sparkle Motion. Yeah, yeah, the name of your trivia. One of our listeners, Keith. Yeah, we talked about it a bunch of times. He started listening to the show because he was at one of the trivia's, and Andy had said, you know. <clears throat> kind of shouted this out. And- yeah. Like we should, you know, listen to this podcast there. You know, these gals are great. And uh, I just, he was just, a. I talked about it, I think on Facebook, he was just a walking smile. He just was one of those people that everybody knows and everybody knows him, knew him for a good reason. Yeah. He made everything better. He, he was, 
on a show. It wasn't Beat the Geeks. It was a, a pop culture. It was culture. like a nine. It was like a. Was it on MTV or VH1? It was one of those. I think it was VH1. I think it was VH1. <laughs> yeah. Well, we watched that like crazy. It was yeah. kind of funny that we would have seen that. And then. Yeah. Um, I, 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 we love Tandy Morton. And he's definitely going to be missed. Yeah. I mean, I what a tribute to leave a, a legacy like he did. And his legacy was making people happy. And I don't think that there's anything more special that you can be in this world than to have everyone say interacting with him made me feel good. Yeah. What a what an amazing legacy. Because a lot of people are known for for sports or you know prof- he was known for making people feel good. And what a fucking legacy that is. I mean that is baller. I I I just uh, we we've been watching him go through his um his cancer struggle. Um <laughs> he was diagnosed with colon cancer this last year. Mhm. And I was really hoping that he was we were, we were really hoping he would pull through. Pull through. Yeah. But and he, you know, went through treatment and all that. But he definitely missed. And maybe maybe because I'm partial to you, but I I read all the posts, but I I loved your post for him. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Which was fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. I just I also say that uh Andy was in a band. He was, yep. was a band called Danger Bob. And, it, you know, we've got listeners. I mean, this is not like a weird, you know, humble brag type thing. We have listeners all over the world. And yeah, I would be absolutely delighted if somehow somebody heard this and was able to yeah, hear them out, because they're on Spotify. Yeah, check out Danger Bob on Spotify. And help give some love to, to Andy. He's definitely... Because he would do it for anyone else. Oh, my God, yeah. He, there was nothing he loved more than promoting other people. We're going to miss you, Andy. Yeah. All right. So, Andy Morton, you're a happy ending. And I, he asked, he told me that he really wanted me to, to reconsider. Uh, to live and die in L.A.? Uh, which actually Keeve has actually has asked us to reconsider also. Um, and we fucking hate that movie, but we're going to give it a try. Brandy. Brandy. All right. Let's talk about what we're going to be doing. You know what? Next. I'll talk about it. Yes, please. Because you're a fucking mess. I'm a mess. Um, we're going to do, we went back and forth about our last um movie of january we were gonna do snatch and we're we might still do that one but we just weren't feeling it and as we've mentioned before if we're not quite feeling something we abandon ship so we decided to do motherfucking demolition man (laughs) and we were going back and forth between pastor 57 and demolition man and we almost went with passenger 57 because my mantra in life, I got from <laughs> Pastor 57, which is always bet on black. But there was something about Demolition Man that just spoke to us. It did. It really did. Maybe it was because we had so much fun doing Cobra 
Oh and we're like, let's, just, let's, let's give Sly a little, another chance. Demolition Man is hilarious. And we took our notes for Demolition Man, and it was like, <laughs> oh, this was the right decision. I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm the con. Oh, the con. So I have, I have some legitimate, obviously awesome criticisms. What? This bitch has not gotten a button push, and it is a, tra- a tra- You know what? I'm going to say it. Hmm? Travesty. <gasps> How dare you? How dare you? But I love you. Ah, same. This again. I am going to drink some more tequila and, yeah. and toast to Andy. Yeah, more. let's do it. All right. Well, until then, goodbye, Katrina Porter. Bye, Anna Serene. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye. bye.